0: If you give me 12 weeks, I'll help you launch that new project, go after that better job, or overcome that challenge in your business. To find out how I can help you, head on over to insporising.com coach. That's insporising.com coach.
1: This may not resonate for everyone, David, but I feel like it's those moments where you have to trust that you'll know when you know. And the more that you can really plan ahead for what life you're trying to build, the clearer that decision point is going to be for you.
0: Welcome to Inspiration Rising. My name is David Trotter and I'm a business growth consultant. I'm passionate about helping business owners just like you Rise above your biggest barriers to reach your greatest goals, all without the paralyzing overwhelm, feeling all alone, or wondering what the heck to do next. I'm a former pastor and a serial entrepreneur who's passionate about personal growth because that's what's helped me cultivate peace in my life and empowered me to love my amazing wife, Laura, of 26 years and our two almost grown kids. So if you're all about business, personal growth, and peace in your life, you're in the right place. I'm super glad that you're here. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Inspiration Rising. I'm super happy to have you with me. Now, if you're a longtime listener, you know that I've had somewhat of a windy career path over the last 25 years. I'm not one of those people who's geared to do just one thing my entire life, although I have wished for that at some points. It's like, oh, if I could just be an insurance salesman my entire life, I could just focus on one thing. But no, no, that would kill me. Now, my guess is that many of you can relate. You have multiple passions, career paths, or businesses, or things that you have experienced in life. Now, a while back, I heard the term multi-passionate entrepreneur, And I thought to myself, yes, that is me. I've been a pastor, business owner, nonprofit founder, marketing strategist, author, speaker, filmmaker, and all sorts of other things while being a husband and a dad. Now, all of those experiences blend together to allow me to see things from a very unique perspective. And I bring all of that to the table now as a business growth consultant here through Inspiration Rising. Well, today I have a very special guest to introduce you to, That I think you'll really love. Her name is Demona Hoffman, and you may have seen her on TV from one of her numerous appearances as a dating coach. Not only is she the host of her own radio show and podcast called Dates and Mates, but she's also the host of the I Make a Living podcast sponsored by FreshBooks. She's a TV personality, podcaster, author, and dating coach, and all sorts of other things, all wrapped into one. But the thing that I want you to hear from Demona is that I ask her to share some of her story through all of those experiences as a multi-passionate entrepreneur. Now, my host is that as you hear her story, you'll see how all of the experiences in your own life have prepared you for this very moment. Like, you're doing great things. You have a very unique perspective and skill set, all because of the things that you've done and experienced in your life. And so rather than seeing those things as this disparate collective of all this stuff that you've done. No, no, no. It's all good stuff coming together, blending you into being the person and business owner and leader that you are. All right, let's jump into my conversation with Damona Hoffman. Well, Damona, thank you so much for taking some time to hang with me today. I appreciate it.
1: Oh, it's so good to be here with you. Thank you, David.
0: Yeah. Now you are um, straddling two worlds as I look into all that you're doing. This one world of dating, not that you're dating, you're done dating, uh, done but you're dating. helping others with dating yeah. and then also um, business and so how are you navigating your involvement in two pretty really different subjects
1: <laughs> I, I I really have like so many other hats too <laughs> behind the scenes, but um, I would say that a lot of the skills actually that i I learned along the way have been applicable in all of the things that I do. So basically, I, I really look at myself as a content creator and and as a coach. So I, I have those two hats that I wear and they show up in different ways. Most of the content that I do, it's, it's lifestyle-based. So some of it is around dating and relationships. But then last year, um, when I was approached with this opportunity to host the Fresh Books podcast, I Make a Living like on the surface i was like well i'm not i'm not a finance expert i i don't really i don't know about uh, fresh books i'm not really sure and really what it came down to was they wanted to tell stories about entrepreneurs who were living the same lifestyle that i was as a small business owner mm-hmm. and really it was the same thing that i was already doing it was creating content around talking to people and building relationships. So that's the continuity between the two disciplines that I follow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Tell me, how did you get into being a content creator and a coach as you, as you said?
1: Well, I started out actually in corporate media. So, um, I had a whole long career in television at, I worked at CBS and Paramount television and NBC and the sci-fi channel And I, all the while was helping people write dating profiles as like my side hustle. I didn't tell people uh, until my last year at Sci-Fi, I didn't outwardly tell people it was kind of this, this like secret thing in the industry. It was like, if you need your profile, your dating profile done, you should call Demona. And it all actually came from my, my original background as a casting director. I started out at, At CBS, I was working in the casting department and teaching classes for actors in marketing Mm. and branding and how to tell their stories through their headshots and then how to make a great first impression when they walked in the room for an audition. And at the time, I was dating, and I realized the similarities between what I was telling actors and what I needed to do to sort of brand myself and present myself for the kind of men that I was looking to date. So I ended up meeting my husband online so many years ago, 17 years ago, which in, in online dating world is like wow. an eternity, is that like
0: in a chat room or something.
1: No, it was on a dating <laughs> site. Yeah, it was on, a, it was on an actual dating site. It was before we had social media, which is kind of a dating site in itself now. And before we had, um, dating apps, that was really the big disruptor. Mm-hmm. So always through my career, I thought of myself as a content creator. So the dating portion kind of came after. That was just the thing I did on the side. But then um, I ended up leaving my, my corporate media job. I was vice president of program sci-fi channel and I had my daughter and I went back to a job that I loved. And I was just like, I don't think this is it. I, this, mm. It just didn't light me up in the same way. And I never thought that I was going to be the person that would walk away from this career that I had built and I would longed for for so many years. But ultimately, it wasn't, it wasn't fulfilling me. So I, I left without any plan of what I was going to do next. And I was like, well, I got to do something to keep busy. Maybe I'll help people with those dating profiles. And once I had the freedom in my schedule to kind of look at it differently... I thought, well, maybe I could expand by teaching some workshops and by doing some content, by writing a blog. And then very quickly, because I had the background in television before, I had producers that would call me and say, can you do this segment on dating? Can you be on this reality show on dating? And then that that took me into a whole different ah. career that I never could have expected. I never would have imagined you know, a few
0: years earlier. Yeah, that is amazing. So um it sounds like some of this you know came out just through happenstance, you know, like this desire to want to connect with your daughter obviously, and then the happenstance of um you were really good at helping people think through the marketing of themselves as you know someone who would want to date. I'm thinking about these opportunities that come up for the business owners that are listening as they have these Um, businesses that they're starting, that they're very passionate about, i.e. like your career, right? That you were heading in one direction, they're heading in a particular direction, they're passionate about a a specific business, but then something else comes up, some other opportunity, some other thing that could be the breakthrough opportunity, or it could be a big rabbit trail that could go down a path for like a couple of years. So how would you suggest that they decide between these different opportunities? Or maybe you could just share how you kind of decided between the opportunities that have come up for you.
1: For me, it was really gradual. I never, I I don't even know if I I ever was like, I'm going to focus on this as a full-time business. It just sort of kept growing and kept growing organically. Um, There were definitely years where it felt like a a long rabbit hole, Um, but then I really had the epiphany about, I want to say three years ago that, that, because I was really going up this coaching trail that like my, my coaches and my teachers, when, when I did my certifications, they were like, this is how you run this kind of a business. So you get one client and then you get two clients and then two clients, you get four clients and four clients, you get eight clients, and then you have a calendar full of clients. And I was like, what if i don't want a calendar full of clients like i really wanted to create material and to work with brands mm. and to talk to people outside of dating as well i didn't want to be pigeonholed into this one mm-hmm. this one identity for my for how i made a living and i i realized that the model like you can listen to what other people are are telling you or how other people have done it but it's really it's really about listening to your own intuition and and really letting your passion drive your next decision. so yes, it, it sounds like it's happenstance, but there there was a there i would say there were a lot of deliberate moments where I decided to change to change my path or to add on um, add on a client or an opportunity that would expand um expand my experience base. Mm-hmm. And that's really the through line of a lot of my, uh, a lot of my work. I say, what is the experience that I want to have? And then, you know, of course there's the monetary portion. I was going to say, much how money. do you,
0: yeah. How do you, cause sometimes you just got to do something cause you need the money versus right. sometimes you want to do something where there isn't a lot of money up front. Those are right. challenging decisions.
1: Yeah. And I hear this a lot from the entrepreneurs that I interview on the, I make a living podcast. A lot of them get to that decision point and they're like, well, I have my nine to five, which maybe has no connection. Like I had, I had some through lines between the content creation and creating content for people who were looking for relationships and then ultimately creating content for the Books brand. But there are people that, you know, they're they're doing something that is not their passion at all. Mm-hmm. And then they're they're grinding on the weekends and on the on their evenings off of work trying to make it a reality. And th- this this may not resonate for everyone David, but I feel like it's those moments where you have to trust that you'll know when you know. And the more that you can really plan ahead for what life you're trying to build, the clearer that decision point is going to be for you. So Mm -hmm. I surely had people tell me the whole way along my career. And I made many, many pivots even along that path. Like I started out in casting and I saw that I really... One, I cared a lot about diversity, which is like a big buzzword and a big topic for people mm. right now. But I was living it as a person of color in television. I was like, there's no one on TV who looks like me. Right. And I really wanted to explore that further. And then I got the opportunity to start the diversity program at NBC and and find new voices and really come at development from another from a new way but then i was like i really want to be a producer and go into development programming and that is not a career path even inside of television that most people take mm-hmm. like you don't you don't switch you don't switch lanes mm-hmm. and i was just like well watch me that's what i want to do so i really deliberately planned out my steps and and built relationships, and I always look at it as playing the long game, but knowing where where I'm headed and navigating myself through that. But if you listen to all those people that tell you, like, "Oh, your idea, that's not going to be that's not going to be reality." I had people that were like, "That dating coaching thing, that's a hobby, right? Like, if it's not making money now, it must just be a hobby." But I was like, "Well, I might not be making money yet, but..." I see where this is headed. And when it's your passion project, sometimes you can see that path in a way that others cannot.
0: Right, right. And sometimes even I could say in my life that as I look back over 25 years of doing all sorts of things, I don't see that path, that through line until now. You mm-hmm. know, it's the looking back mm-hmm. that you can see it so much more clearly than the looking forward. Um, you you hope that you can see, okay, this next step makes sense. This allows me to expand but when I look back, it starts to make more sense. How Isn't it all, that funny? Yeah. How you
1: how you can see like the, the the method to the madness when you're out of it, but when you're in the moment, it's like, uh how I I'm just operating on faith here, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Is there a component for you of spirituality that plays into those decisions as you're kind of navigating all of that?
1: Ooh, that's a really interesting question. Um, because I actually, it it depends on how you define spirituality. I grew up in a dual religion household. Mm. My father is Jewish and my mother is Christian. And so I was, I grew up with a little bit of each faith, but not with a strong sort of requirement. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've come into a a more, I guess, modern spirituality. Mm -hmm. Um, that I think has to do with surrender of trusting that I think that's what faith is, right? It's, it's surrender to what is your life plan? You know, some people would say, what is God's plan? What is your life plan? What, what is meant to be? So that has helped me navigate through a lot of dark times. A lot of times when I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And like, I have this friend um, who, I actually just interviewed on I make a living podcast, um, who's a feng shui consultant. And I, I, I was her first client and we built a relationship over the years. She actually just got married to a man she met online. So our lives have intersected in so many different ways, but she said on the podcast, she said, um, there's this phrase in feng shui, what, what is for me will not pass me. And I really have adopted that philosophy throughout my life. And like even being an independent content creator now, there've been a lot, (laughs) you look at my resume and there's a lot of my resume, but there are a lot of other things that I prepped for and planned for and pitched for that didn't happen. And the only (laughs) thing that keeps me going in those moments of up and down and up and down is I just say, if it's what is for me will not pass me. If it is meant to be, It will happen. If it is not meant to be, it will fall away.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've (laughs) I've got that long resume on that other side of like, well, here's all the ideas. Here's all the things that I thought were going to happen. Here's all the things that I went for. Long, long path, long path.
1: For sure. I, right after I left Sci-Fi Channel, um, simultaneously while I was starting my dating coaching business, I was also like, hey, I should pitch some TV ideas because I've been a producer internally and development executive. Like I have this idea. Maybe I could bring it to life. So I called a producer who I'd worked with, pitched it to him. He's like, I think there's something here. We ended up pitching it. We had, I think, 13 networks that took the pitch, which is really wow. unheard of in today's wow. world to even get that many pitches. Yeah, We almost sold it. We almost had two offers, but we ended up with one. And I was like, great. This is so easy to sell shows, right? I'm like right out of the game. My first idea, it's a go. It's a It ended up being a special, which sometimes you'll develop these ideas that never even make air. They never see the light of day. You can spend months. My husband is a television writer. He's literally spent four years developing um, for AMC, uh, AMC Networks. He worked on The Walking Dead, and then they were like, let's develop some other ideas. And he has had four years of of churning out ideas that never
0: Mm. made
1: it to the screen. So when I, when I look at that and then I think of also how easy that first pitch was for me. And it gave me this false sense of confidence. I think I was like, great. So simple. I, I formed a production company, which I didn't, I did not have a plan to do, but to produce the show, I had to have a production company. And then I pitched 40 more shows And guess how many of those 40 shows I sold? Wow. I sold one other show, which huh? made it to pilot and never, never saw the light of day. Hmm. So that was like the best, worst thing to happen to me to get that first pitch through. <laughs> but I've gotten really comfortable with the word. No, I used to have such anxiety and it's been so helpful for my dating coaching clients too, for me to yeah. have this experience to share with them yeah, yeah, that you're going to hear. No, whatever business that you're in, you're going to hear. No far more than you're going to hear yes. And it doesn't matter. The no's don't matter. And, and as long as they're informing your pitch or your approach, mm-hmm. right? Like as long as you're taking in, why is there a no here? Why am I yes. meeting meeting this friction? And am I hearing the same thing again and again and again? And how mm-hmm. do I then need to incorporate that to get to a yes?
0: Mm-hmm. That <laughs> is so good of, when it comes to business. You know whether it's sales or collaborations or partnerships, mm-hmm. um, there are a lot of no's. There are so many no's. I, uh, obviously, I have no level of experience like you do, but um, I my very first documentary um, was picked up by Netflix back in 2012 for That's two amazing. years.
1: That's and amazing.
0: I was like, oh, my gosh, this is easy. I should make lots of documentaries and lots of films because Netflix just, like, will take them. And right. uh I did, I've done three more projects. I've done three documentaries on social justice issues. All of them have gotten distribution, but only one on Netflix, the first one. And um, I ended up, uh, i had written a script for a film called Launch the Ball, a kind of a romantic comedy around this pinball kind of scene. And I ended up meeting a C-level executive at Disney Studios. Um, and he was so fired up about the project But he was not in, he was in the technology area, okay? Uh, And C-level. He brings me to Disney Studios. I tour the lot. We go through the whole thing. He's excited about it. He pitches it to his other people inside. And he gets his hand slapped for trying to bring me in the side door. Because, you know, like, we don't do that. Like, because Disney's had problems with scripts being, you know, like, people saying they got ripped off and all of this stuff. And I'm left going... Why did all this happen? Like, why did I meet this guy? Why did it all ha- Why did I, right? And who knows? But it's just all part of the journey. And it hasn't played out yet. You just mm-hmm. keep going, right? And that film, the script's still on my computer. It's all good. Um,
1: oh, yeah. I keep everything. Like, there are ideas that I've had. So, right now, I'm actually developing another project that's not related to dating. I don't do this very often. Now, most of what I develop is, is in the dating space. It's only if I get an opportunity to work with a brand or a project that, Mm -hmm. um, is, seems in alignment, but I saw this woman and she was, I I just saw her and I was like, you should have a show. I'm going to develop a show around you. And I was like, I have no time to do this, but I see something really special in you. And I know you don't have the network to be able to do this. So let's go, let's make a show. And you know, it's just, it's so funny, like being, being along for the ride in 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 that capacity again but when i was at the sci-fi channel i was trying desperately trying to develop something internally in this genre and i i needed talent and she mm. if i had known her i think she was like in high school then but if i had known her she would have been what greenlit that show for me then so i don't know what's going to happen with this show but the, the fact that that idea was still tucked away in the yeah. back of my mind. And so then when I saw her, I was like, I know that this is a show because I tried to develop a show like this before. And we'll see. It's, we'll see. It's, it's all a, a little bit of it's going back to faith. Right. You prepare and you prepare and you prepare and then you just kind of give it give it over to a higher power whatever you what whatever you believe you you step out of your own way and let it unfold. But the other thing I wanted to say about that David is you were talking about like building the relationships. Relationships are so important and this is what I'm also really gaining from being a part of the I make a living podcast and working mm-hmm. with Freshbooks. Those partnerships you were talking about like that executive that brought you in. I have always throughout my entire career looked at my relationships as long-term investments. Mm-hmm. I never got to know someone because of the chair that they were sitting in. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, when I left corporate media, I learned very quickly who my friends were. Uh, and some people would not take my calls anymore because I didn't have vice president after my name. Wow. But a handful of other people were still were still in in contact with me, were still mm-hmm. having relationships with me. Have have been watching my growth, social media has been huge for that and being able to continue to stay in contact with people that I otherwise might have, might have gone in a completely Mm -hmm. different direction from, but Mm -hmm. you know, they can see where my career has headed. And I, I, I believe that some of those people I will work with again. You know, my agent now is someone who I worked with Over a decade ago, he was an agent. He used to pitch me when I was an executive. He came to my launch party for my blog, and now he represents me. So you never know how people will fit back into your life down the road.
0: I wanted to ask you about media appearances because you have made lots of media appearances over um, the last number of years. You had kind of a foray into that because of your background and the relationships that you had. You mentioned that people kind of contacted you. You didn't even contact them. And yet media appearances um, seem to be a tool that businesses and entrepreneurs can use to leverage their own brands um, by providing some sort of value to the media and the larger you know, audience. Do you think that that's for, you know, I guess my questions are, do you think that that's for everybody? Should, should everybody pursue that? Is it only if I already have the relationships or connections, do I need to sign up for that you know, course that the guy in the suit and the red tie is pitching me <laughs> for nine ninety nine on how to make a media appearance at like this podunk radio or podunk television station in the middle of Texas where I have to go travel there. And then I have it on my reel, you know, I've seen those yeah. come on now. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, and that's really where I started. I mean, even though I had the Relationships in Television, I didn't start doing I didn't start doing the Drew Barrymore show. I didn't start doing Access Live. I I remember my very first opportunity. Um I started working with a booker just to get that tape like you were saying. Um and I drove out to Palm Springs, which is about 2 hours away from here where I live in LA. Um I had <laughs> I had a spot on the, I want to say 5 a.m. hour of the news. It was some like ridiculous, Whoa. ungodly hour. So I had to pay for my, myself to have a hotel room. I did my own makeup. I since learned that I needed to get professional makeup. But I did a lot of these these appearances in the beginning that ultimately cost me about probably four to $500 each just, mm-hmm. just for me to get that tape in the right. beginning. Now, most of the things come in the door and come into me, but um, a lot of it was just my hustle in the beginning. And then I really made a deliberate choice about three years ago when I wanted to kind of move away from just being a one-on-one coach to doing more content creation. I strategically thought I'm going to need to up-level my media. So I really made a point of getting a better reel and building contacts with higher level media and leveraging those in one appearance leads to the next and leads to the next. How did I end up on the Drew Barrymore show? One of the producers saw me do a segment on E last January, how to write a dating profile. So she Googled how to write a dating profile, dating coach, and that popped up. How did E find me? Well, I think they found me because I did something for a blog for Shonda land.com Shonda rhymes company. So each, each opportunity really, really dovetails into the next opportunity. Mm -hmm. But to answer your question, is it for everyone? Not necessarily. I know how powerful media can be when you have the right uh, appearances and you're able to leverage that. I know that's really powerful, but not every, like I, I live and breathe TV. I've done that for so long. I, I live and breathe audio. So that's something that comes very natural to me, naturally to me. I also write, I wouldn't say that the writing part comes quite as naturally to me. So I've had to go up a little bit more of a learning curve with that, but I would say just lean into the thing that you, you are best at. I, I, I find like for podcasts, I, I can, it makes much more of a difference for my podcast to be on a show like yours than it does for me to be on, you know, some TV, sh- like you are saying, a podunk t- TV show. And even though like, oh, the cachet of like, you're on television right. doesn't matter. You have yeah. an audience that is engaged, that is, that is interested in this kind of content. And so, build relationships with other podcasters. If you have a podcast that you want to Mm -hmm. to put out there, don't worry about trying to get XYZ network to pay attention to you or to get in those certain magazines or newspapers, because those sometimes will not move the needle as much as, as an engaged
0: Mm -hmm.
1: audience, you know, with a, with a great host and a great conversation. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Do you see that, first getting on podcast is a way to make a transition to television or are those things completely disconnected in the people that are booking for the media appearances that really, you know, those are two completely different worlds.
1: It's so funny that you bring that up because when I started my other podcast, I have a dating and relationship podcast that I've done now for eight years as well called Dates and Mates, which is really where I kind of figured out audio and went up the learning curve there. Um, But I started it because I was like, I think I could have a TV show. So I'm going to use this as my practice Mm -hmm. ground originally as a lead gen for clients. And then I'll have some tape because I was also doing video. I'll have some tape that I can then use and leverage. I'll tell you, for the most part, the TV producers didn't give a crap about Mm -hmm. my... Podcast. And this yeah. was back when eight years ago, people didn't even we didn't even call it a podcast, we called it like an online radio show. People didn't yeah, know yeah, what yeah. that even was. But what it did for me was it made me really comfortable. I used to do my show live too. Now, now uh, both of my podcasts, we, we do a fair amount of editing and fine-tuning and polishing. But to do a show Literally live every day for I think I did it maybe four years before I booked a TV series that I hosted. That made me so sharp as a every day. No, not every day. Oh, you Uh, said every every day.
0: I was like, Oh my goodness.
1: (laughs) Every week. We had a show every week. (laughs) But um, but every day I was preparing and I was working on the show every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to do to do a live a live show every week made it so that then when I could step onto a bigger stage or was in a reality TV show where cameras are rolling, right? Like you can't, you don't get to, you have no say over how it's edited. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's a big difference between big media and the media that 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 I do that I produce. Like I can really have my hand in shaping it and making sure that it's telling my story the way that i want it told mm-hmm. you do a reality show and you literally i just signed off uh, an agreement for one today where I, I it says like anything you say basically is fair game Can and on will camera, be on, you, against you it will it will <laughs> and usually like when i'm the the dating expert on a show they don't yeah they don't want me to look right well look foolish, but right. you know, I've always like when I'm working with, with like daters on shows, I'm always like, be careful. Your mic is hot. Like they will take this segment and put it somewhere else. Anything you say can get put anywhere in the show that they want. And that's yeah. what you sign up for. So doing my own podcast live every week, not every day, but doing it every week really made it so that I could be in those live situations and and say exactly what i wanted to say and nail it in that situation and then now it's made it so that i really understand like doing a corporate podcast is obviously a, it was a step up from where i was and it's a bigger it's a bigger responsibility because now what i say i'm thinking not just only of my personal brand but i have to think of the fresh books brand mm-hmm. and and how the things that i say may reflect upon them so i have experience now that allows me to navigate all of those different worlds, and to be able to 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 do it authentically and and effectively.
0: Mm-hmm. You mentioned a little bit of the differences between doing your own podcast versus the FreshBooks podcast. Um, one is you have to think, okay, this is not just about your brand, but it's also about their brand. What are some other differences that people may not even be aware of of between just doing your own thing? You're the only one who really is concerned about it. Versus you've got to a company, a corporation thinking through it.
1: Right. Well, the process is different because I have a team. I have an internal producer that I work with. His name's Paco Erasmendi and he's amazing. Um I have my own internal producer that does all of my does dates and mates and I make a living. I have a composer and editor. He was based in the UK who who helps us shape the shows. It's kind of fun because we'll You know, we'll put together our cut and then we send it off to him. And because of the time difference, you know, we'll wake up and there's like a new cut there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of fun. But, um, you know, all of those, all of those voices plus the the team beyond that, there's, there's brand integrations team that we sometimes work with. And we also have a live event series that's obviously on hold right now. But I sometimes I'll, I'll host events, live events for them and interview people when we, used to travel the country and bring together entrepreneurs, it will happen again. And now we're doing a lot of webinars and and online events to continue to keep that community strong, but there's a lot of different people in the mix, Mm -hmm. but coming from a background in, in corporate media where I already had to do that, Mm -hmm. it's a very natural space to plan. I would say the biggest, bigger learning curve for me was doing it solo because as you know, like you're wearing all the hats. Yes, so yes, I was like, yes. wait, I used to be able to pick up the phone and be like publicity, get on it. You know, business affairs, close this deal, <laughs> promo, cut a promo for it. And yeah. now I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm doing all of those jobs. <laughs> it's yeah, a lot yeah. of pressure,
0: right? That is a lot. Okay. <laughs> so tell us about the I make a living podcast um, that's sponsored by or provided by fresh books. Who, who, who should listen what What would they get out of it?
1: It's really for entrepreneurs, for side hustlers, for small business owners. Anyone who feels like they are pursuing their passion and a dream and they maybe they feel a little bit alone or overwhelmed by it 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 really was born out of these live events that Freshbooks did. They started out just doing dinners in different cities with Freshbooks customers and hearing what were their pain points, what were their challenges what resources did they need and they also looked to build relationships alliances partnerships among their own community like you're all people who use fresh books for your accounting needs and you might have a complementary skill that could support mm. this other person and the the dinners became so popular that then they said maybe we should broaden this out and do live events do panels with people that maybe are a little bit further along in their in their business Mm -hmm. uh, trajectory, but then, I mean, they literally would get like hundreds of entrepreneurs that would come to this event. FreshBooks would, they, they know how to party. They'll give you a free drink. They'll give you some food. Sometimes there's a DJ, there are photographers, they'll do headshots. They really, they really want to invest in entrepreneurs and in the community. And I say this like, not as a representative of FreshBooks, but Mm -hmm. as As a Freshbooks user, and now as the host of the podcast, who have I've been able to benefit from from being able to experience these things with a Freshbooks brand. And then the next iteration of that, three seasons ago, they said maybe we should bring this somewhere into another space where we can continue to create community, even if people can't join us live Mm -hmm. for the live event. So that's when the podcast was born.
0: That's good. Okay. Now uh, tell me about your other podcast. You said Dates and Mates.
1: Dates and mates. It's yes. modern love made simple. Mm. And uh, eight
0: years. Eight years you've been doing this.
1: Yes, I am. I'm a podcasting old lady. <laughs> <laughs> but it really, like I said, it started as like this is where I can kind of test out my ideas, my my philosophies, and see if there's an audience for it. Now it's grown tremendously over the last 8 years we're one of the top 25 podcasts in in our category um and it's really for me the place where i give my most current dating and relationship advice and where you can really where we can really work through ideas of of how dating and relationships has changed and is currently changing. So we'll do headlines of the week of, you know, it's not just like who's dating who, but like, why do you care? What, How can you relate to that celebrity's divorce or to this study on what you can do to make your partner feel more loved or mm-hmm. this new feature from a dating app? How can you incorporate that into your life to be able to make m- deeper connections? And then I'll interview authors, experts, celebrities, And then I also do, of course, Q&A, because that's what a lot of people come to the show for. They want to know my dating and relationship tips. And it's amazing to see how things have really evolved over the last eight years. Like I remember reporting on the the launch of a new app called Tinder, Uh. (laughs) and I talked about how it took off. Actually, a lot of people don't know this. Brigham Young University, the Mormon University in Utah, was the first one to put tinder on the map because they were seeding it at different college campuses and thinking if it can take off there then maybe we have something yeah and they and who knew it would seed in that community so i was reporting on like you wouldn't think of this mormon community embracing this dating app but here it is and but now it's so commonplace now everybody's like of course we know tinder but when i started dates and mates that wasn't even part of the discussion
0: (laughs) All right, so people can check out the I Make a Living podcast at freshbooks.com slash podcast. And that link will be in the show notes, of course, as well as your website is demonahoffman.com. All those links to your social media will be in the show notes. People can swipe up on their phone even now and click and listen to your podcasts, both of them, depending on which one resonates with you. If you're looking for dating or if you're looking for entrepreneurial support, you got them covered.
1: I, I have all the bases covered, but yeah, I mean, both of them are, are really great as far as hearing stories and, and feeling a part of a community. So <laughs> I'm here to help.
0: Damona, thank you for sharing uh, part of your story and just um, giving us a behind the scenes. You know, a lot of people don't hear the behind the scenes of some of the things that you've experienced. So I think it's super fun, but also I think that the wisdom that you shared in some of the, um, Learnings that you've had are very applicable to people's lives and business, no matter where they're at. So, thank you. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Hey, congrats on listening to another episode of Inspiration Rising. Why congrats? Because you're pouring education and inspiration into your mind and heart. And that's something we all need if we're going to grow our businesses and reach our goals in life. Now, if you enjoy Inspiration Rising, do us a favor. Share it with a friend. Take a screenshot of your favorite episode and text it to them. Tell them to search for Inspiration Rising on their favorite podcast app and click subscribe. And if you haven't already, be sure to sign up for Inspo Text. That's our daily inspirational text messages. Just text me right now at 949-401-6090. That's 949 Just say, Hey Dave, what's up? You'll get an automated reply with a link where you can add yourself as a contact. And of course you can always unsubscribe. I want you to know today that you're inspired, empowered, and loved. Not because of the way you feel or what anyone else says about you, but because that's your true identity.